Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 304. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? We're good. How are you? Doing okay. Nice. This week on the show, we'll be discussing David Gordon Green's Halloween, along with someone watching on the watch list, VOD releases, Blu-ray releases, all of that fun stuff that we normally do. One bit of housekeeping news real quick. The Halloween episode of uh, Say by the 90s is out. So make sure you download that. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and Spotify and all of those podcast platforms. Or you can visit uh, our website at 90spodcast.com. Check that out. Give it a listen. We talk about post-scream teen horror films of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun, really fun to do. So be sure to give that a look. With that, let's let's dive into our review. So Halloween, as I said, directed by David Gordon Green, written by David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a couple other. No, I think it was Jeff, Jeff Fradley. Yes, Jeff Fradley. I have a synopsis here. Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. I can't believe it's been 40 years. 40 years, Kevin. That's insane. It's been 40 years, my friend, which does seem kind of ridiculous. Sure, yeah. And there's been there's been many many sequels yes. to Halloween since then. Some some decent, some not so good. My first question for you, Kevin, is what is your familiarity with the Halloween franchise? I'm glad that you asked this because at the you know you you just said that there was you know a number of sequels and how many Halloween movies have there been? Uh, I think it's eleven. Eleven. Jesus Christ. This is the first one I've seen. So ever? You didn't yes. see the original? <laughs> no. So there's that's the answer to your question, I think. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I tried I've... I tried really hard like last night to see if it was streaming anywhere that I could I could squeeze it in. That didn't happen. So yeah, this is the first Halloween. <laughs> and and from what I could tell, there was an eight year old in my screening and he said that this is the best Halloween. So I don't know if he's seen all of uh, all 11, but the eight-year-old kid in my screening said that this is the best Halloween. So just to recap, there was the, the original John Carpenter Halloween. By the way, that's the best one. Like, period. Gotcha. There's, no, there's no debate on that. And then there was Halloween 2. Then Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, was the one that did not have Michael Myers, and it was actually like a separate completely separate story it had nothing to do with the the like the franchise as we know it okay. because at the time they were gonna like do these sort of i guess maybe like yearly halloween movies but have them be like separate stories like an anthology okay and it didn't work the the third one was not well received i think people were expecting michael myers and just pissed when they didn't get him but halloween three is actually really it's it's a good standalone movie i think that if it wasn't called halloween three like if it was just called Season of the Witch, it would be a lot more successful. Yeah. I, I like Halloween 3. And then there was 
then they brought him back for Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers. Then there was uh Halloween five, which at, at that, I think that subtitle was Michael Myers revenge or the, Re- the revenge of Michael Myers. Okay. Halloween, Halloween six was the curse of Michael Myers. Then we have the seventh one was Halloween H2O 20 years later. Okay. And then we have the eighth one, which was Halloween Resurrection, I believe. And then the ninth one was the Rob Zombie Halloween. And then the tenth one was the sequel to the Rob Zombie Halloween, Halloween 2. And then the eleventh one is this one. So, yes. Michael Myers has not been in space. That's interesting. No, all of the all of the Halloween movies have been they start getting a little wacky once you get into like uh like f- like 5 and s- 6 is really when it sort of goes crazy when they try to when they try to explain Michael Myers and why he is seemingly unkillable and stuff like that. Mhm. And Halloween H2O, I, I remember really disliking it at the time. I went to the theater to see that, and I remember just really hating it. I watched it recently for the first time since I saw it in theaters, and it's not horrible. It, it feels very 90s, which I actually enjoyed. Yeah. And like, yeah, you have Josh Hartnett playing yeah. La- Laurie's, Laurie's son in it. Yeah. You have LL Cool J, so there is there is some fun to be had. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in the opening scene; he gets killed. Yes. So anyway, with all of the Halloween movies, I can't believe you haven't even seen the original. What the hell? <laughs> I've seen this, this, I've seen, I've seen one out of eleven, and that's the one from 2018. So, but yeah, no, I'm an expert. Let's do it. Well. The, this might yield an interesting perspective because I think most people that saw this, the recent one saw at least the original (laughs) or even the Rob zombie one that came out in 2007. I mean, I have, I have, I mean, I think Halloween has permeated enough into popular culture that I know at least what I need to know. I think like, I, I know that he's kind of indestructible and that he can't be killed. Sure. Yeah. I know. Like, I know that. And I know like the Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, they know that there's some history there that she survived and she's waiting to kill this motherfucker. I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary that you see the original one before seeing the new one. The new one is very much a sequel to the original one. So what, what David Gordon green and his crew did was they sort of threw out, all of the other ones. Yeah. So two all the way up through the Rob zombie ones, they just threw all of that out and started over. So this is really a sequel to the original one that takes place 40 years later. Yeah. Which I think they do a decent enough job. Like I didn't feel lost. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like I maybe missed some like throwaway stuff and some, you know, Easter eggs here and there maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but for the most part, I didn't feel completely lost throughout the narrative of this, of this movie. Sure, yeah. There were a lot of Easter eggs. There were a lot of callbacks. I mean, there were even some Halloween 3, Season of the Witch nods in there. Like the scene when they show the kids trick-or-treating, they're using the the masks from 
Halloween three. So there's a lot of kind of winks and nods to the other entries in, in the franchise, some of the other entries, but for the most part, you know, that, that stuff's not necessary. I think that it's helpful to see the original one just so that you can understand the trauma that Lori went through. Cause that's a big part of this movie, right? Is the, what the long-term effects that this event had on her life and mm. what so, sort of what it turned her into, which was essentially like a prepper. <laughs> She's like, yeah. she, tur- she turned into a prepper because of this and that it sort of ruined her life. And she spends the rest of her days preparing for his return because she just knows that he's going to be back. And yeah, he comes, he comes back. So what did you think of Halloween 2018 overall? It's one of those things where like you kind of touched upon the, like the trauma aspects of it. I found it extremely hollow and simple. Like it didn't really have anything to say. There was no real insight or anything. Like it wasn't complicated in any sense of the word, which would like elevate it. But at, at the same time, I found it to be an enjoyable time. Like it's a good time. It just, for what it is, you know, it's just kind of straightforward. It's just slasher. He's coming after you. They're fighting back. Overall, enjoyable time for an hour and 45 minutes. But outside of that, I just, it to me, it just, it missed, it missed something. It missed some like complexity to it that could elevate it to something better. Yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. I think that the, it, it, tackles an interesting theme but yes i agree it doesn't go very deeply into that you know they a lot of it is about the sort of broken relationship that laurie has with with her daughter played by judy greer and they they go about that on a very kind of surface level yeah way where you know she doesn't want to engage with her with her mother because of the upbringing that she had with you know learning how to shoot guns and just constantly be preparing for this this inevitable showdown you know turning this house into a fortress and sort of becoming agoraphobic and all of that and i think that that it is an interesting exploration but i will agree that they don't dive too deep into the sort of psychology behind it that being said i think that this is a really solid slasher movie and i i really liked what david gordon green did with the film aesthetically because if you look at his other movies this movie looks at least to me it looks very different than his his previous movies like stylistically and i think that it was like he was sort of adopting the look of the original Halloween and using similar camera movements and stuff to adapt his style to what he believes that this should be. And I think that that was an interesting choice. Like it did, this didn't look like a David Gordon green movie. It looked like not a ne- John Carpenter yeah. Halloween movie. Not necessarily, but it did. It, it seemed like he peeked through occasionally. There was a, there was a couple of like close ups of people mm-hmm. where it seemed like his his style was kind of creeping through that, which was something 
something that I kind of noticed where you don't normally see that like in a slasher movie, these like intimate close-ups. Yeah, that's true. There, he, there's like a lot of, um, not a lot, but he, he uses like several sort of the like crash zooms and stuff in this that I don't know if I've ever seen him use those techniques before. And it felt very vintage. Like you don't really see those a whole lot these days. Like, you know, the super fast zooms on yeah, things. God, I love the, the super zoom. Yeah. Same here. And that added to the sort of authenticity of this movie. It, it It's a modern movie. It takes place now, but and it looks, you know, very slick and polished, but at the same time, it sort of had that, you know, 70s, 80s, late 70s, early 80s, like aesthetic to it. I don't know how to describe it better than what I just did. I don't know if I'm doing no, that, it doing, does, it, doing it justice. It does feel very, um, it feels mo- it's like it's taking place in modern times. I mean, they're talking about banh mi sandwiches, for Christ's sake. Um, but at the same time, it does, it does feel kind of vintage. It does have a vintage feel for it. Even though I haven't seen the original Halloween, it felt like a throwback to me that just like, you know, other slashers that I've seen from the seventies and eighties, it felt like one of those, but just kind of like a modern spin on it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. I thought that the movie was a little bit disjointed in the beginning. There was this whole thing involving these podcasters making a making a show about Michael Myers and it felt like that was simply used as a tool to get his mask back yeah and that didn't necessarily it felt very rough to me like all of the whole podcaster bit felt it only existed so he could get his mask. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I'm not really, I'm not really into this. And I felt like the movie itself was just, it was a little bit rough around the edges until really until he got out and he got his mask and started going after Laurie. That's when I think it really picked up the pace. And I think I really came together once he made it to the house. Like that's, that's when I was like, Oh, you know, started sitting up in my seat a little bit, like stuff, stuff started moving a lot more once he got to the house. I did like that up until the house part that it, like the idea of Michael Myers, you know, I'm seeing him for the first time is like, he was kind of scary in the sense that he just seemed indiscriminate. Like he was just killing everyone. He needed mm-hmm. a knife. He walked into that house he killed someone to get a knife. He needed his he needed his mask, so he killed every single person there to get his mask. He killed just he was just killing people left and right. He killed a ridiculous amount of people. Yep. There's no stopping him. And he should he have just, died like I don't know how many times. Dude got dude got bodied by an SUV. Just fucking straight smashed into. And he just wakes up he just wakes up in the backseat like five like five minutes later. It's just like, hey, what what happened? Well, I like that they knew, like they knew he was going to come back. Like they 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 knew that wasn't going to kill him. Yeah, because I was I, for a split second there, I kind of forgot about that, and I was like, this is an interesting twist. They're going to kill Michael Myers, and now we have a new guy. Wow. Oh Let's yeah. Let's see if this I've, plays off. 
Let's see if this yeah. works out for him. This is a not to get move. In, not to get into spoiler territory, but yes, that was that was a really. I thought for a second they were going to do that too, and I was like, "Wow, that's that, people are going to be pissed about that." But yeah, <laughs> especially because of who it was, you know, you're just like, uh, "I don't know about that." Yeah, you're just like, "No, thank you." Like, don't do that. Don't reinvent the wheel, please. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't do it, but I I also like because he was the equivalent of Doctor Loomis, who was the what the other than Laurie, probably the main non Michael Myers character of the series. He was actually in more of them than Laurie was Donald Pleasance, the the character by Donald. Pleasance. That guy was sort of the new Loomis character. Yeah. And I thought that what they did with him was really interesting. I also think one of the highlights was Jabrail Nantambu. Yes. The, Thank you. He was my favorite Julian? part of the favorite part of this whole fucking movie. He was so great. He was so funny. Just clipping his, in na- this. his nastiest toenails. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I really think that he was he was a gem. I just I love that he, was he, so good. he pops up. He sits stock still straight up in his bed and just goes, oh shit. Runs out of there. Comes back. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, "Oh fuck!" Runs out. He's like, "Dave, you're gonna die." And he just leaves the house, and we never see him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, the kid was the best. I thought I thought that was great. There there were some really solid moments of horror in this, and there were some comedic elements to it as well and then there were some sort of just straight up badass action moments too Mm -hmm. uh you know you have jamie lee curtis coming back 40 years later well 20 years later if you want to count h2o and being this sort of badass laurie strode who is ready like she's ready for michael and you get to see you know the two of them going toe to toe and i think it's it's great to see that and Judy Greer as Karen was, you know, she was, she was great as well. Yeah. It was fun to, it was fun to see Judy Greer, you know, kick some ass towards the end of the movie. Cause it seems like she, it seems like for, I don't know how many years now, but it seems like she's kind of just gotten stuck in this portraying the same character over and over where she's just kind of this, you know, disaffected housewife type deal that she seems mm-hmm. to keep playing. So to, to see her with a rifle was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you get, and then you, you have Toby, to Toby Huss as Ray, the husband. And I love Toby Huss in everything, everything he's in, especially the adventures of Pete and Pete. So overall, I, I enjoyed Halloween. I wasn't blown away by it. I was really excited for it. I had, a I had very high expectations for this and I didn't, I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was it was solid. Comparing it to the Rob Zombie films, I I remember really liking the the first Rob Zombie Halloween. I did not like the second one. I still think that this one is better. It feels like a more proper entry. You know, Rob Zombie, you know, whereas David Gordon Green sort of adapted his his style to to fit within the Halloween franchise. 
Rob Zombie made it his own and there's very little of the kind of standard slasher styling in Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's, it's a lot more violent and darker and just grittier and just nasty. I can, I can, I can see that. And I think it's fine. I still think Rob Zombie's Halloween is good. But it's just very different. A lot of the movie focuses on Michael Myers himself and the psychology behind Michael Myers. So in a lot of ways, it takes it it also sort of tackles the, the film in an interesting way. But I think that this one is more enjoyable. So I would say that, uh, and it had a huge opening weekend too. I don't know if you saw that, but it was like $80 million opening weekend close to it. It sure did. It seems. I think it was the, the best opening of any hollow, any of the Halloween movies. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty huge. So yeah, solid recommend for me. Let's go ahead and give it a score. Kevin, what are you going to give Halloween out of 10? Yeah, I'm at a light recommend. I'm thinking like six and a half. I just, I just wish it did a little bit more. I just wish it wasn't so, you know, simple and straightforward. But that, not that that's a bad thing, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting at a somewhere between a seven and a seven and a half. I'll, I'll say seven. Okay, and it, on this one, and this is this is the thing that gets me is because I've been watching uh, a haunting of Hill House at the same time, and you know what that show miniseries whatever it is does with like the effects of trauma is a lot more complex and enjoyable to watch than what Halloween does, where it's just kind of like, it ruined her relationships. Yeah. She's a let's, prepper. Let's, yeah, let's let's use that as a little bit of a transition, because I also watched The Haunting of Hell House. I always say Hell House. Even I wrote a review, and there was twice in the review that I typed The Haunting of Hell House, not Hill House. Yes. Anyway, how far are you into the this show now? I think I'm on episode, I want to say four. I think I just finished four, the Luke episode, you know, where it kind of goes through Luke's. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. So for those not familiar, The Haunting of Hill House is a Netflix miniseries based on a novel of the same name that came out in the 50s, I believe. Yeah. Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Uh, From what I understand, the... The the show is inspired by the novel, but from reading the the synopsis of the book on Amazon, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of similarities. Okay, it sounds like it's very very loosely based on it. But uh, Mike Flanagan did the show. I'm a big fan of his work. Pretty much everything, almost everything that he's made, I, I've been a fan of, and I loved this series i thought it was so great i mean it's exactly what i want from a good horror story Mm -hmm. the the deep dive into these characters and showing the effects of this event that has happened on them and what it's done to their adult lives and the way that flanagan plays with time in this is just so perfect he gives you these little breadcrumbs to follow with the story like when it starts at least for me like i wasn't even sure 
who was who and what was happening like the the jumps in time like mm-hmm. i was like oh, okay wait is this a this is like a flashback like who are these people and as it starts to come into focus it you realize like there's a really rich story developing here and i love that he spends an entire episode on each character and then brings them together it's just so it's just so great i can't recommend the haunting of hell hill house <laughs> did it again it just feels natural to say hell house i think there there is like there's that hell house movie which i think yeah. you did watch wasn't it like a spoof documentary type deal or something well there's i think it's called like hell house inc or something but i, mm. I didn't see that yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said. Like, I mean, I'm only four episodes in, but man, oh, it is definitely scratching that itch. You'll have to let me know. Maybe we'll talk about it briefly on the Halloween show next week. You'll have to let me know what you thought of episode five, because that was my favorite yeah. episode of the bunch. And also what you thought about the end, because I, from what I follow Mike Flanagan on Twitter and he was saying that a lot of people, not a lot, maybe not a lot of people, but people, some people have issues with the ending. Okay. And I thought it was a great way to end, end the series, but I'll be curious to, to hear your thoughts on, uh, on the show as a whole, but yeah, it's so good, man. And it, and it almost, it almost demands a rewatch too, because there's so many little hints and clues and hidden little Easter eggs throughout oh, it. Yeah. And I think that's one, that's one of the things that I never really understood with a lot of haunted house movies is like, cause there's a lot of uh, little clips and scenes here and there where there's this like a ghost just chilling in the background and it's never, yeah. it's never addressed or anything. It's just like, as the camera pans over to the action on the left, Oh, there's a ghost. And I do he the, the fucking floating guy with the bowler hat. Oh yeah, man. Are you oh yeah that is one of my favorite things that I've seen in some time. I love that guy and I want him to have his own thing. And I just want to see more of him. I need him. I need him. He's yeah, he's he's one of the mainstays of the show, so yes. you'll see more you'll see more yes. of him. I just love that he's floating around, but he still uses his stick. Yeah, the, the the so every episode he sprinkled in tons of hidden ghosts throughout the show. So keep a, keep an eye out for those. Anything else you've been watching this week? I'm gonna hold off the other ones that I saw that actually like. There was one that I really loved, but the, for the sake of being October, last night I watched one that I've never seen. It's a so-called classic, you know. And that's the Blair Witch Project from 1999, the original. Oh, boy. The first one. Oh, boy. Never saw this sucker. Uh, but again, kind of like Halloween, it's, it's it's so far ingrained into popular culture. I pretty much knew everything that I saw. You know, the yeah. looking into the camera, crying, and the, like apologizing, all of that. The dudes standing in the corner, like the way that it ended, the map thing. Like so much of it, I I knew, like I knew it was going to happen at some point, but to actually see it like all together, like this movie is actually pretty great. I was kind of surprised. 
I remember really liking it such a, back when it first came out. It's such out. a great idea, too. Like, the woods are just fucking creepy. They're creepy. Mm-hmm. And then, to, you know, to get lost out there while you're trying to make this documentary with these asshole people, like, it's pretty great. And it's simple. Yeah, and then you sprinkle in, like, the, the little stick figures and stuff. It's it's a creepy movie. It's yeah, very effective. Because, I mean, you've got to put yourself in their, in their shoes. Like, if you were at, like, okay... The woods are creepy enough. And now imagine yourself waking up and unzipping your tent and there's a pile of rocks or a bundle of sticks with like a bloody thing wrapped up in some flannel. Like that would freak you the fuck out. Yeah. And it's what spearheaded the whole found footage. It sure did. Thing, you, know? you know, good and bad. I mean, there's some decent found footage movies. Out oh, there, yeah. But, but I mean, the, the, the scales are definitely tipped in one direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, Absolutely. We'll say. All right. So that's that's surprising. And I'm I'm happy you you liked Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it definitely helps that it's it's short. It's short. It, it knows not to overstay its welcome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one movie that's not short, but not long enough, was The Night Comes for Us, which is the new movie by uh, Timo Jahanto. Probably, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, and I apologize, but it's on Netflix. Highly recommend watching it. If you're a fan of The Raid, this is a must watch. So you have, you know, if you're familiar with uh, Timo, who used to work under the Mo brothers mm-hmm. that used to be his if you're familiar with his movies especially more recently when he was working with Gareth Evans and you're familiar with some of the actors um from the raid movies like uh Joe Talslim and Eco Uwais and Julia Stell they're all in this movie and uh Joe Talslim is the he's the lead he plays Ito who is a triad enforcer and he is tasked with essentially killing a village and he decides not to kill this little girl and instead kills all his men and takes the girl goes on the run joins up with some of his uh, former gang friends who decide Mm -hmm. to help him try to get try to get out of the country and get to freedom but the triad finds out very quickly and they come after him and the whole movie is just him versus the triads. And that's pretty much it. And it works so well because it is so over the top and insane that you like my jaw was on the floor the whole time. Like I'm sitting here watching it. And I'm just like audibly like I find myself audibly shouting. Oh, shit. Over and over again during this movie, because it has some of the craziest action scenes you will you will ever see that being said it's not on the same level as the raid the the fighting is it's a little bit slower paced and it's like scrappier okay in my i I wrote a review for this and in my review i described the raid as like this elegant symphony of violence whereas this is like a hardcore show in a mosh pit where it's very it's like at least twice, I don't know, a hundred times bloodier. This movie is, this could pass for a horror movie 
it is so gory. Like it is unbelievable how bloody this movie is. And the level of violence is, you know, the raid movies, they're pretty violent. Like there's some really crazy shit that happens in those movies. This movie ratchets everything up to 11. It is almost, almost cartoonish at times in its level of violence and blood, but it's, it's so much fun. The, you have a colorful cast of characters. Julia Stell plays this, this, uh, this hit woman who is, was hired to kill the triad leaders. And she goes after Ito as like her first target because she's not aware that he is no longer a triad. And then inevitably after she finds out that he's no longer with them, she sort of helps him out. And Iko Uwais, he's actually the bad guy. So he's, he's also a triad and the two of them, yeah, the two of them were like best friends. They were in this gang together. They both joined the triads and uh, Eco essentially takes his place as this triad leader. And the big boss man is like, you got to go kill him. So he's the, he's the bad guy in the movie. So, sort of a bad guy. I mean, he's like a reluctant bad guy, but you get to see a lot of really great action and it's all here like gun there's a lot of gunfights there's a lot of knife fights hand-to-hand uh car fights everything i love when people fight with cars you don't see that often everything there's a scene this is just a little scene i'm not really giving anything away there's a scene where julia stell sort of reminds me her character sort of reminds me of the lead in in the villainous where she rides around on a motorcycle, but she has all this like badass weaponry. And there's a scene where she sets up these C4 explosives and leads these guys down a hallway and then blows them up with the C4. And you just see their bodies just exploding and limbs going everywhere. And good Lord, if you can get past, I mean, if, if you're okay with a lot of blood and gore, this is a must see. It, it is excellent. Just top notch. I loved it. All right. Yeah. Pretty excited. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you have to see it. I mean, it's, and it's on Netflix, so you it's can watch gonna it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. You, you can watch it at your leisure. Yes. That's my favorite way to watch things. All right, let's take a look at what's coming out in theaters this week. Got Johnny English Strikes Again. Have you ever seen any of the Johnny English movies? I don't think I have, which is... Weird because I'm a I'm a huge Mr. Bean fan, but I've never seen any of the Johnny English stuff, and I had no idea that they were coming out with another Johnny English. Do we need do, do we need another Johnny English? Truly? Well, when the first one, let's see, the first one came out. I feel it's a long time ago, right? Like it feels like ages ago. The first Johnny English was in 2003. Wow. Because I would have guessed like 1993, maybe. <laughs> That's I think Mr. Bean was probably around oh, that yeah. far back. I don't know, man. I'm I never saw any of the mis, uh, the Johnny English movies either, and I just don't I don't care about this one. I just yeah, but I mean, funny spy spoofs. Just uh, I, I have no interest in that. Nope. We have Hunter Killer. Hunter 
Killer, which to me is the the dumbest title I think I've ever seen. But I think this is also that Gerard Butler movie where it's like it's a submarine movie, I think, right? Yeah, but they're like help. We're helping Russia, I think, in this movie. Mm. Like we're we're just like we're like running down the stairs, tripping over furniture to help out Russia, because God. Don't let anything happen to Russia. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's the best movie to be releasing in the in the current oh, know, political they climate. Know, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. It does currently have a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, so... There you go. Yeah, not sure about that. Suspiria comes out this week. What's your take on Suspiria? Are you excited for it? I am... I'm actually very anxious to see this. I... It's one of those things where I don't think it's going to be good, but at the same time, I need to see it. I just, I like, I really don't know what to feel about this movie. I don't think it should be remade. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't know how to feel about this movie. I'm excited for it, but I also question whether or not it needed to be remade, but... At the same time, I'm I'm interested to see what this director is going to be doing with the story. It seems significantly different than the original. Yeah, and I'm I'm into that. So, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it, it could be like a like a let the right one in situation where you know you you don't think that a remake is necessary, but then when you when it does come out, you're just like, all right. I'm I'm into it. I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're going to remake something, like please reinterpret it at least. Like, don't just do the same thing with your like with your style latched onto it. Yeah, at least exactly. switch it up. Uh, Indivisible comes out. I'm not sure what that's all about. Maybe uh, maybe a faith based. It looks like it might be. Also, honoring our troops. Looks mm-hmm. like he's kneeling. He's kneeling. Foreheads are pressed against each other because they're in love. Yeah. So this is a uh, extraordinary true story of Army Chaplain Darren Turner and his wife Heather. With, oh. a, with a strong, faith-filled marriage, the Turners are ready to follow their calling, serving God. Serving God in wartime. Because <laughs> God's all about war. He's totally about it. He is. He's a strong supporter of the war in Iraq. <laughs> He's all about the troops. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a pass. Hard pass for that one for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have Silencio coming out. This is with Edward Norton. Not not too... haven't heard too much about this one. Looks like it might be all right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Burning comes out in limited release. You fucking love this one. I didn't hate it. I, I don't. I'm concerned that my lukewarm reception of this made it sound like I actively didn't like it. I, I did like yeah, it. No, I just you did. no, you didn't like it. I just wasn't. That's what I. That's this what wasn't I blown away by it. <laughs> no, that's what I gathered from it. You slept <laughs> most of the time. You absolutely hated it. You hated that day forever and always. Uh, I I would recommend seeing it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> London Fields comes out. This has a whopping 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It this does. Is, this and it is also a, has a poster that looks like it's from the 90s. Yeah, it definitely definitely does. You got the, this, the heads in the smoke there. 
the smoke is creating the heads. Oh God. This is an Amber Heard film that she, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but she ended up like filing a lawsuit against the filmmakers or something. And this movie took, it, it was done a long time ago, but they had to like pull it from the release schedule and it took a long time for it to come out. Cause it's some, some I sort just, of lawsuit. I'll just say this. I hope Amber Heard's life gets immensely better. Yeah. Cause right. she's going, she's, she's been through some shit last couple of years. seems like. Yeah. I think she's had a rough go of it. Border comes out. I'm interested in this one. This is also a limited release. Of course, you wouldn't have a okay. movie like this being released wide. It looks really odd and creepy and i'm i'm all i'm all about it so have you seen anything about this i have not that's a, it's piquing my interest though yeah this this is one that I, for this yeah i think that you're going to be into this one okay yeah the dark comes out limited release also this is one that i saw last uh earlier this year at tribeca i believe it's okay it's a little bit of a horror horror story about this Kid who is, he's been kidnapped and horribly abused and blinded by his kidnapper. And he ends up uh, escaping in, sort of escaping. And he ends up meeting this undead ghoul girl. And they develop this unlikely friendship. So Airstrike with Bruce Willis comes out in limited release also. Adrian Brody also is in that. So yeah, it looks like there's a plane, there's some fire. He headlines this pulse pounding epic about the courage of China's citizens during World War II. Okay. Directed by Xiao Feng. Looks pretty bad. Uh, Monrovia, Monrovia, Indiana comes out as well, as does Shirkers, Solus. I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for Shirkers. Shirkers? I am. It's on Netflix, so... I know that that has me even more excited. I don't even have to do anything and just come home and pop Netflix on. And I can watch it. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Bullet County, Viper Club, The Long Shadow, and 1985. On VOD this week, October 22nd, we have Stolen Daughters Kidnapped by Boko Haram. Then on the okay. 23rd, we have Blessed Are the Children. Butterfly Kisses, Five Fingers uh, for Marseille, which I, that, I feel like that's another one that we keep coming back to over and over again. Yeah, it's it's weird that we there's there's always a movie that seems to get stuck in a loop. Yeah. Elephant's Journey. Sorry, An Elephant's Journey. Holy Hell. Snake out of Compton. <laughs> Snake out of Compton. It's a snake from Compton. It, yeah, yeah. Do we know what snake? Is it a gardener snake? Is it a viper rattlesnake? It's a mutant snake. It's a giant mutant snake. So it's like a like a mutant anaconda. It doesn't look like an anaconda. It's it's got it doesn't look like a real snake at all. It's got like okay. kind of like looks almost like a dragon. Okay, like a dinosaur snake. Yeah, it looks like. There's somebody in it named Pinball and Neon. Oh, hell yeah. Pinball and Neon? Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> someone named Bee's Knees. The fuck? Someone actually named themselves Bee's Knees. That's what it says here. It's a sp- Do they regret that? Do you think that they regret that? Because I would if I were them. Probably. I, I would think that as their as their career progressed, they would regret calling themselves Bee's Knees with yeah, with Z's, by the way. Ooh, so it's B E E Z N E E Z. Yeah, that's just that's a poor decision. The true story of the world's most dangerous spoof, Snake Out of Compton. Check it out, October twenty third, okay. VOD. We also have Dead Squad, Temple of the Undead. Then on the twenty fourth, we have Stella's Last Weekend. Then on the twenty sixth, we have Airstrike, Solus, Killer Kate. And the dark. Okay. Big VOD lineup, but not mm-hmm. not really a whole lot that I'm no. looking forward to here. A lot of these oh. pinball and neon. <laughs> Straight out of Compton Snake. <laughs> Straight out of Compton Snake. That's what they should have called it instead of Snake out of Compton. Straight out of Compton Snake. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. All right, let's see what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. We have a new Blu-ray edition of Creepshow coming out. Okay. Big, I'm a big fan of Creepshow. I like the original Creepshow a lot. Uh, Maximum Overdrive coming out on the Vestron Collector Series. I love Maximum Overdrive, and I love the Vestron Collector Series, so I'm super excited that... Maximum Overdrive's coming out on that on that series. Uh, let's see what else we have. Sorry to Bother You coming out. Definitely recommend that one. Cross of Iron from 1977. Night of the Demons from 1988. The Evil Dead reboot from 2013, getting a new Blu-ray release. It's got a really cool cover. Uh, let's see. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Twilight's getting a 4K release. Deadbeat at Dawn. From 1988, coming out on Arrow. Yeah. Great cover, great title. I'm in. Spontaneous Combustion from 1990. Hold up. Did you say Spontaneous Combustion? Yeah, I did. The Hooper movie? Yeah, but your voice sounds like super loud now. Yeah, because I got the microphone in my mouth right now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Fucking love that movie so goddamn much. (laughs) That movie is fucking incredible. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, buy that shit. I, I'm a pretty big fan of spontaneous combustion. <laughs> Dude, spontaneous combustion is just oh my it's god, it's so that ridiculous. Movie is fucking incredible. It's so good. Yeah, highly recommend. Christopher Robin's coming out. I think we're alone now. That's the Peter Dinklage, El Fanning one. Okay. Light recommend. I bought a vampire motorcycle from 1990. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yep, sure. Yep, yeah. I'm into yeah. that one. Blood and Black Lace, getting a Blu-ray release, a new Blu-ray release. I'm not sure who's putting that out. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's not, it's not like a, hmm, I don't know. It's not like an Arrow or anything, but. It seems like it would be an Arrow release. I think that they did release it. At some point. Oh, shit. Everyone's just releasing it willy-nilly. I'm not sure what that's all about. Let's see. The Muppet movie from 1979. Getting a new Blu-ray release. 
Brides of Blood from 1968, getting a Blu-ray release. Uh, that's pretty much all I have. What about Criterion's this week? Ooh, we have we have one Criterion. That's Brian De Palma's Sisters from 1973. Uh, if you you know you've seen De Palma movies and you've seen his use of split screen, Sisters is where it started. Yeah, and man. The split screen that he utilizes in Sisters is just fucking insane. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's it, unfortunately he's kind of like overused it through the years. So it's kind of like lost its power. But when you see it in Sisters, the way that it's used, mm, man, it's incredible. I love a good use of split screen. Oh, and he uses it so well. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.